walk by faith and not by sight. We are people of faith. In fact, faith is one of the six foundational, foundational teachings of the doctrine of Christ. So it is that important. You know, there's repentance from dead works. There's faith in God. There's the doctrine of baptisms, the laying on of hands, the resurrection from the dead, and eternal judgment. All of these are the foundational doctrines of Christ. And faith is so critical. It's one of the foundational doctrines. So faith is important for every single one of us. You and I, we, we, we need faith even for salvation. We need faith. The Bible says that, that by grace are you saved through faith. Amen? So even when we, we came to the Lord and we, we, we accepted him as our Lord and Savior, it was an act of faith. The Bible says we receive the Holy Spirit by faith. We receive every miracle of God by faith. We go through life by faith. Faith is a journey. Faith is meant to be a lifestyle. It's not something that you take out just when you need it. It's, you're supposed to live by faith. You relate with people by faith. You forgive by faith. You know, it, it's one of those things that it's, it's, it has to be a part of your everyday life. That is how we are called to live, by faith. And the Bible says that without faith, it's impossible to please God. So faith is one of those things that God wants to see in us, and it brings a smile to his face. Amen. We, we live by faith. We walk by faith and not by sight. But when it says we walk by faith and not by sight, it's talking about the physical senses, the, 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 the natural senses, you know. So by sight is the things you see, the things you hear, and so on. We're not meant to be like the people of the world who live by their physical senses. We are people of faith. Can you say I'm a person of faith? Amen. So we've been looking at faith, and I want you to go back to, to, onto our YouTube channel. Check it out for the first sermon and the second sermon. I'm just going to go right into the third one because there's a lot to cover this, this morning. But what we did essentially last week was to define faith. You know, today I'm going to talk about the spirit of faith, but last week we looked at the, the fact that the Bible defines what faith is, and that is so good because sometimes there are certain terms in the Bible or certain doctrines in the Bible that you have to begin to find out what does this mean. You look at the Greek, but the Bible defines what faith is. In the book of Hebrews chapter 11 verse 1, it says, faith is the confidence that what we hope for will actually happen. I love that definition of faith. Faith is the confidence. So it's confidence in hope. Hope is expectation, positive expectation. So it's having a certain confidence, you know, that what you're expecting, the good things you're expecting from God is going to happen. Hallelujah. It also says that it gives us assurance. That is the evidence, the conviction about things we can't see. Paul said that we do not look at the things that we see in the physical realm. He says we look at the things that we can't see because the things you can see, they are temporal. They are subject to change. But the things that are eternal, glory to God, they are the real things. Amen. Can you help me and say amen? Amen. Now, the second definition, Bible definition of faith can be found in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. And, and, and it's called the spirit of faith. It defines what the spirit of faith is. In 2 Corinthians 4, 13, it says, and, and since we have the same spirit of faith, according to what is written, and this is what it says, it's quoting from the Psalms, really. It says, I believed, and therefore I spoke. And then Paul says, we also believe. Can you say believe? And then he says, and therefore, speak. Can you say speak? So the second definition the Bible gives of faith or the spirit of faith is essentially believing and speaking. 
Do you see it? It says the spirit of faith is believing and speaking. It says that, you know, according to what is written, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and because of that, we speak. So it is critical to see the connection between speaking and believing. When you believe something, essentially it will come out as well in the things you say. All right? In fact, the New King James Version puts it this way. I believed, therefore I spoke. So it is coming from a place of belief, of having that conviction inside of you. Glory to God. I like what the Message Bible says. It says, I believe, so I said it. I believe, so I said it. We say what we believe. That's the message translation. I think that's also a good idea, good um, translation, because it gives us an idea that we say some things and we may not believe, but when we believe it, that is really the spirit of faith. Amen. So the principle of believing and, and speaking and also even receiving from God, it starts right from the time we, 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 we become saved. That principle is there right from the time we get saved. Romans chapter 10 verse 9. It says, if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart. So you see the confession, which is declaration or speaking, right? And you believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead. Then the Bible says, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. Essentially, what is happening here is that we see that there is declaration or confession, there is believing, and then there's the reward or there's the, the, the manifestation of what you want, which is salvation. And the pattern here is you believe, you speak, and then you receive. You believe, you speak, and you, you believe, you speak and you receive. So that is the sequence of it. So what does it mean to believe? Now, I've mentioned this a few times, so I'm not going to go too much into it. But believing really is the Greek word. It's the Greek um, word pistio. And pistio means to accept something as true. To accept something as true. It means to be persuaded of something to the point where you are confident of it. You are confident of it. So you accept something as true, you're persuaded about it, and you are confident about it. That is why in the definition of faith from Hebrews chapter 11, it says faith is the confidence, okay? It's the confidence of the things you're hoping for. So that's what believing is. So when you accept the word of God or you accept the promise of God or the covenant of God as true and you are persuaded about it and you are confident about it, then you are believing. Now, a lot of people, we accept the word of God as true, but we're not persuaded about it. We believe that the word of God is true, but we're not persuaded about some of the promises that are in the Bible. We don't, we're not confident about it. But believing is when you accept it as true, you're persuaded about it, and you are confident about it. In fact, you're so confident about it that in spite of the circumstances, you know inside of you what to expect. So you're not moved by what you see because you accept it as true, you're persuaded about it, and you're confident about it. You're not moved by what you hear because you have accepted a promise or a word from God and you are persuaded about it. Amen. So it is when you accept it, we're persuaded about it, and when, when you have that assurance in the inside of you, you are confident about it. That is when you really believe. That is when you really believe. Now, never underestimate the power of believing. Never underestimate the power of believing. Jesus told us not to underestimate the power of believing. Believing is a powerful thing. In Mark chapter 9, verse 23, Jesus tells us that all things are possible to the person who believes. That's a good place to say hallelujah. 
He says, all things are possible. Glory to God. Notice what he says in Mark chapter 9, 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe, all things are possible to him who believes. Now, do you believe this scripture? Do you believe this to be true? Are you persuaded about this? Are you confident about this? You see, that's where we really realize it when we believe or not. We may think that this statement is, is true, but are you persuaded that all things are possible? Are you persuaded to the point where you are confident? So Jesus teaches us that believing can make impossible things possible. Hallelujah. How many of you would like to see some things shift in your life? He's saying when you believe, it can shift. That is exactly what he's saying. He's saying the things that are impossible in this life, when the doctor gives you a diagnosis and says, I'm sorry, there's nothing we can do about it. That is an impossible situation. But Jesus is saying for the person who believes, it can become possible. It can become possible. Glory to God. Look at Peter. Remember Peter. When he, he gave Jesus his boats, Jesus was preaching on the, 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 the sea, one of the seas. I can't remember offhand which one it was. And he, there were two boats out there. One boat belonged to Peter. And Peter basically, um, Jesus asked Peter to use his boat because he wanted to preach. The, the Bible says they had gathered to hear the word of God and, and he was teaching. So he went into Peter's boat and said, could you just go a little bit out into the sea? So he went. He was preaching from Peter's boat. And after Jesus finished preaching, Jesus looks at Peter and says, why don't you go get some, some fish? And, and Peter said, Master, you know what? We, we, we fished all night and, 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 and nothing's happened. And then Peter said, nevertheless, at your word. He believed something about Jesus, and he was persuaded about it, and he was confident about it. He says, nevertheless, at your word, I'll go out again. So he went out, and when he went out and they threw out the nets, the Bible says there was so much fish that the boat was sinking. He believed the word. Amen. So believing is critical. Believing can make the possible possible. So, so you and I, we have to work on our believing. We have to work on the things that persuade us to the point where we're confident of it. We have to work on the things that we accept as true. We're persuaded and we are confident, not shaken, not wishy-washy about it. We are confident and it takes time to believe. The way you and I believe can get to a place of belief is when we spend time in the word, meditating on the word, speaking the word over and over and over again to the, to the time that it gets into our hearts. Amen? Praise God. The second characteristic of the spirit of faith is speaking. Speaking. Now, a lot of people underestimate the power of speaking. <laughs> the Bible says in 2 Corinthians 4.13, I believe and therefore I spoke. We also believe and therefore we speak. Speaking has to do with the mouth. Speaking has to do with talking, declaring, uttering something. You know, when we believe something in our heart, eventually it will come out by the things we say. It will come out. Jesus made this comment in Luke chapter 4. He would give us this truth in Luke chapter 6, verse 45. He says, a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good. And an evil man out of the evil treasure of his heart brings forth evil. In other words, what is in your heart would, will be determined by what the, the acts you do, whether it's good or bad, is determined by what is really in your heart. And then he ends by saying, for out of the abundance of the heart, his mouth speaks. He's saying that, Everything that is in your heart, ultimately, it will flow out by the things you say. So if you have junk in your, your heart, that junk will, be, will begin to manifest in the things you say. 
If you have fear in your heart, it will manifest soon by the things you say. You can hear where you are in faith by listening to yourself. If you have doubt, it will come out with doubts. If you have faith, it will come out by the things you say, the positive things you say. Now, I'm not saying just when you're in church or when you're in front of somebody. When you're alone, the things you say will, de will determine what is really in your heart. Is it fear? Is it faith? Is it doubt? Is it confidence? And you and I have to be honest with ourselves. If it is fear, admit to God you're, you're afraid. If it's unbelief, admit to God you're unfaithful. Remember the, the, the father who, of the epileptic boy who had unbelief in his heart. Well, he had faith and he had, I said, I believe. Help my unbelief. So we have to be honest with God. Lord, help my unbelief. I'm afraid. Help me. And then we go to a scripture. We go to a word. And we meditate on that word till we come to that place where we are persuaded about that word. But we got to be honest with ourselves because the Bible has given us the clue. What is in our hearts? Amen. Out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth, his mouth speaks. The NILT, the New Living Translation, puts it this way. What you say flows from what is in your heart. What you say flows from what is in your heart. So if you're complaining, if you're saying this, and it means in your heart there's complaining. Man, you've gone quiet on me. Amen. Now, speaking is critical to faith. Speaking is critical to faith. Speaking ignites faith. It activates faith. Speaking releases faith or fear. Speaking, when a person speaks, what happens is a power is released. I don't understand the mechanics of it. But I do know that the Bible talks about the power that is in the mouth. The power of speaking. That is in Proverbs 18.21. We all know this scripture. The tongue has the power of life and death. And those who love it will eat of its fruits. The power, the power is in the tongue. But I tell you, although a lot of Christians, we know this scripture. We accept it as true we are not persuaded about it. We don't believe it. Why do I say that? Because of the way we use our tongue. We don't guard our tongue. If it has the power of life, if it has the power of, of, of death, if it can bless or curse, do you guard your tongue? You and I should not mess with something that is powerful. If I had a gun right here, okay, glory to God, I'm not in Texas, but if I had a gun here, all right, and I, started, and I pointed it at you, you should be afraid. Or you should be concerned. Well, hopefully you won't be concerned because you know I won't do anything bad. Amen? But if somebody pointed a gun at you, you, would, you, you don't want to mess with them. But do you know a lot of us, we mess with people who say things at us and there is power in the tongue. There is death in the tongue, according to the scripture. And there is life. There's power in the tongue. So there's something about, about speaking, you know, when, when you believe something and you speak it, it activates whatever it is you believe. Good or bad. Jesus actually linked believing and speaking to faith. And he taught about it. You know, that's the thing about the scriptures. You know, you, you see the teachings of Jesus and you have to get into it. And I want to briefly look at what Jesus taught about faith concerning believing and speaking. In Mark chapter 11, verse 12 to 14. Now, this is a really interesting scripture. Because it, talks, it shows how Jesus taught the disciples. And he taught his disciples primarily by action. So he would do something and then he would begin to open it up to the disciples. Are you hearing what I'm saying? So this is when Jesus cursed the fig tree 
And so in Mark 11:12 it says, Now the next day when they had come out from Bethany, he was hungry. And seeing from afar a fig tree having leaves, he went to see if perhaps he would find something on it. When he came to it, he found nothing but leaves. For it was not the season for figs. Now, I'm not going to go to debate as to why Jesus did this or that. Now, notice what he says in verse 14. In response, Jesus said to it. Hmm, this one is. Now, this is interesting. It's almost as if the fig tree spoke to Jesus. The Bible says, in response. In response. And notice what Jesus said here. He said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. One sentence. Jesus spoke to a fig tree that did not have any fruit. And he said one sentence. He said, let no one eat fruit from you ever again. And then we'll pick up the story again from verse 20. Now in the morning as they passed by, they saw the fig tree dried up from the, soul, from the roots. And Peter remembering said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree which you curse has withered away. The next morning. So Jesus answered and said to them, and now Jesus is going to teach them about the power of the tongue. He said, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he says. Therefore, I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So Jesus demonstrated the power of the tongue. In this case, he spoke death over a fig tree and the next day it had withered from the roots. So he was demonstrating something real to them. They saw it. Peter remembered just the day before Jesus had spoken to a fig tree. So he, he, he said, look at that. And Jesus begins to teach them this whole power of the tongue and this whole power of faith. So let's look at this a little bit. The first thing Jesus said to them, and this is really mountain-moving faith. How many of you have some mountains in your life you'd like to move? I said, how many of you have some mountains in your life? You all have some things. Okay, you don't have a mountain, but you have some things you would like to shift. Amen. Okay, so this is about mountain-moving faith. First of all, it requires that you have faith in God. The first thing is that you have faith in God. Bible says in verse 22, he says, have faith in God. We have to faith, have faith in who God is. We have to have faith that God is love. We have to have faith that God is good, that he is gracious, he's compassionate, he's slow to anger. We have to have faith that he is faithful, that he looks over his word to perform it. We have to have faith in who God is. That's the first thing you and I need to do. Have faith in God. If you don't have faith in God, then the Bible says he's a reward of those who diligently seek him. You, can't, you will not believe anything, but you have to have faith in God. You have to have faith in his word because God is wrapped up in his word. The Bible says in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He made all things through the word. At creation, he spoke and said, let there be light. And there was light. So the word is powerful. The word is dependable. So you and I, we have to have faith in the word of God. We have to have faith in the promises of God. Have faith in the covenant of God. Are you hearing me this morning? 